0: Look at Psalm 51, verse 6. It says, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. What does that say about God? This is telling us what God wants. Thou desirest truth in the inward parts. What's God saying about it there to you? He wants, to be he wants us to be honest. But where? Honest where? From the heart. In, in the inward parts. This is David. David's... <clears throat> Psalm of Confession here. And what he's doing is he's recognizing that God wants truth in our hearts. Now, here's the thing. <clears throat> our whole issue that we're looking at right now is about this very thing. Right? <clears throat> we're looking at telling ourselves the truth because the problems that we face, you know, if you had to tie them down to just one issue for us, I mean, I know that's the enemy, that's the world, that's the flesh and everything else. If you had to tie the issues that we have down to one issue for us, it will be, what are you telling yourself on the inside? What lie have you believed on the inside? Right? Now the enemy gets involved in it. Remember Adam and Eve, what did he do? <clears throat> he convinced Eve that God didn't really care, that God was holding out on her, and if she took the fruit, she'd be better off. And he's been doing it ever since. And what we need to do is, if we're going to be successful in the Christian life, in fact, if we're going to be successful in life, we have to tell ourselves the truth and the insight in our hearts. We have to think truth. And what you'll find is, you'll find so often the area that you're struggling with, you're struggling with because you've got a lie going on on the inside. Right? Now we're looking at... Uh, <clears throat> self-control tonight. Let me have a word of prayer, and then we'll go to it. Father, would you bless us, help us, Lord, uh, as we look to your word. Lord, we want to be free of the lies and the deception that bind us, but, oh, Lord, our hearts, hold on to them. Lord, help us tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. uh, first of all, on the top of your sheet there, it says our emotions are not created by what happens to us. Rather, our emotions are created by what we tell ourselves about what happens to us. Right? Self-control, big issue you realize you can't do anything if you can't control yourself? You know, you you literally can't do anything if you can't control yourself. I mean, everything that you're going to do in life takes the exertion of effort of some kind. Everything. Listen, if you want to eat, you have to exert effort, don't you? I mean, sometimes you have to cook it, sometimes you have to go find it. Effort is... is required. So everything that you do, you've got to exert effort. That's just the reality of life. It, it doesn't happen to you uh, automatically. You have to actually exert some effort to do it. Now, some things, obviously, it's easier for us to exert effort for, uh, in doing than it is in others. right? But we have to conquer self to exert effort to do what we need to do. And <clears throat> The problem, the reason we don't conquer self is because we've bought into lies. We've bought into the lie very often. I can't. And we have a reason why I can't. I can't do right because, you know what, I've got this problem, and this problem kind of dogs me all the time, and I'm not able to. And our society is wonderful uh, <clears throat> at giving us reasons. It will tell you, "Ah, oh, bless, you have a disease called addiction, which, is, which means nothing I can do about it. It will tell you, you know, well, some people have willpower and some people don't have willpower. And when you buy the lie, what happens is it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. In other words, I believe I can't, therefore I can't. Now, it's amazing that when you get to the place where you believe that you can, all of a sudden you can. But you can't as long as you've told yourself the lie on the inside that you can't. You know, So the enemy wins so many battles with us just on that one area there. He just sows a lie, and we buy the lie. And remember, you don't know it's a lie. You don't say, oh, that's a good lie. I think I'll believe that lie. You believe the lie as truth. And because you've believed it as truth, it dictates your life for you. And that, that's literally, literally what happens. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Your life flows from your thinking. And if you think you can't, you can't, right? <clears throat> So Bacchus gives us three uh, suggestions to enable us uh, to become the blessed people God wants us to be. First of all, you've got to locate your misbeliefs. Where are my misbeliefs? Two areas that have really struck me with what we're looking at tonight. Two areas is we have misbeliefs in the area of I can't, right? You know, we decide I can't and therefore we can't. I can't do that. I can't give up smoking. I can't uh, control my appetite. I can't control my lust. And, you know, we can buy into that. The other area that's much more subtle is, I need. You know, what is it that you think you need? And what do you really need? You you could have yourself, well, I need somebody to love me, do you? No, you don't. Lots of people don't have somebody to love them, and they do okay. You want somebody to love you, it's, normal to want that and hope for that and expect that. But you know what? You don't need that. You know, <clears throat> um, I need drugs. I need cigarettes. I No, you don't. What do you need? What does Jesus say you need? You need food and you need raiment. And you can survive apart from all of that. We were <clears throat> up at the square yesterday, passing out leaflets and, and um <clears throat> kind of... Uh, the poor guy was in, in a bad way. He was down there, so we bought him lunch. Michael, Michael and I were there, we bought him lunch. And, and, and he ate he it like a ravenous beast. And he was just he was starving. He, he hadn't eaten for quite some time. And after he walked away, I just said to Michael, I said, you know what, um, <clears throat> uh, that's a terrible way to have to live, live on the streets. And he, he made this comment, and it kind of caught me. He said, yeah, but you know what? As bad as it is, we can exist like that. Our needs are very small. And I thought, good night. He's right. Our needs are very small. That's not the way I want to live. That's not the way I aspire to live. You shouldn't aspire to live that way uh, either. But your needs are very small. Now, what happens for us is, though, in our pampered age, we have a list of needs as long as your arm, and then we have an entitlement to have those needs met. Somebody should meet those needs. Somebody should take care of me. I have a right to have it. And so we have needs and we have entitlement and we're lost. And if it's not happening for us, you know what? Uh, we're feeling so hard done by, so sorry for ourselves and we can't do anything because we're, we're stuck. That's not true. Your needs are <clears throat> very small. Right? Okay, let's, let's move along because we're going to move along fast on, the, on this stuff tonight, right? <clears throat> um, we looked at some examples last week. We looked at misbeliefs uh, related to self-control. And um, <clears throat> we, remember, we looked at the child, the child who... And what, what were the parents doing with the child? The, child were, the, the parents were communicating to the child uh, that, you know what, <clears throat> uh, he shouldn't have any distress or discomfort. Because right? you know, they they, every problem he had, they were trying to fix for him. Right? And they were communicating, he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have to endure any discomfort course he should that's life because what happens is the child grows up like that many children do and they come to the place where they have to face real life and there's discomfort and people don't care about their needs and people don't want to look after them and you know what? they're absolutely gobsmacked by a world that doesn't care and that's the reality of it uh you know <clears throat> the, the world doesn't care um <clears throat> And then we talk about the fact that the devil has convinced millions of people that self-control is something other people have. I just can't control myself. Someone says, matter-of-factly, as long as a person continues to believe this lie, it will cause itself to come true. You will find that you actually can't quit whatever it is you wish you didn't do. You can't do the thing you want so dearly to do. You can't resist whatever it is that you know you should resist. Uh, The can't is a lie. You can Recognize the lie immediately. Look at these statements for a moment. Now let me let me ask you to do this before we look at the statements, right? What is it in your mind that you've said to yourself, I can't? Might be a big deal. Might be a real big deal. Might be really causing you some problems in your life. Other people are telling you, you know, you need to do this, and you're saying, I can't. I just can't. It's impossible. Right? That's a lie. Now, I can say that to you. Bacchus can say it to you. Somebody else can say it to you. It doesn't matter how many people say it to you. You decide it's a lie. Yes, I can. It's not a case of you can't. God has given you everything you need to be godly. He supplied everything that we need. If you're willing... He's got the power, and you can. But you're never going to do it unless you get over the lie. It's never going to happen in your life unless you get over the lie. All right, I can't lose weight. I can't control my physical passions. Um, Remember, we said earlier, you control your feelings by your thinking. If you think and tell yourself you can't control yourself, uh, then you won't be able to. So can you change those statements? Now, look, I don't want to go after issues that are issues for people and kind of uh, going to make it thorny. You need to go after those issues for yourself. But it's ridiculous for us to say, I can't. Can we lose weight if we need to? Yeah, we can. In fact, he gives an interesting illustration. Uh, He has this lady who needs to lose 65 pounds, and she has um, a passion for ice cream, and she just cannot resist ice cream. So he says this to her, he says to her, now this is terrible, it doesn't, it doesn't happen, not happen. terrible thought, right? But he says, well, well, say I put you sitting down in front of a bowl of ice cream and I put a spoon in your hand and I have somebody in real sinister voice stand behind you and say to you, don't you dare touch that ice cream. I <clears throat> and he says, well, let's still eat the ice cream. And he, he says, so what if the person who said that holds some cold metal to the back of your head and says, if you touch that ice cream, I'm going to blow your brains out. She says, well, then I wouldn't eat the ice cream. <laughs> now, you see, the point he was making, ridiculous, but the point he was making was, you know, yes, you can control yourself. It's not that you can't. You just need enough motivation. But you can control it, and we can all do that. Now, <clears throat> now is it true that some of us have a harder time controlling ourselves than others? Yes. Why? Why? Why do we have? Why do some have a harder time controlling themselves than others, ourselves. Like, we've trained ourselves. Isn't, isn't that the truth? We train ourselves. You know, if you know, it's amazing what your flesh will demand of you if you give is Isn't it? I mean, if you get used to lying on in bed. You know, and, and, you know, you're supposed to be up at 8 o'clock every morning. Right? That's not very nice. If you're in the men's home, it's not 8 o'clock, guys. It's, a, <laughs> it's the middle of the night, guys. <laughs> no. All right. You're supposed to be up at 8 o'clock in the morning, right? Well, if you lie on until 10 past 8, your body says, Oh, man, that was great. I, I, I'm just fantastic now, you know. That extra 10 minutes really did it for me. No. The next morning, it's 20 past 8. And you know what? Rapidly, you lose the plot because you give in to yourself. Like, and the same is true in any area of life. You give in to yourself. You don't do what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it, and you're giving in to yourself. And you're training yourself to give in to yourself, and you're expecting it to go easy for you. You know. So, you know that the, the, there are people who have a, a harder time with this, and people who don't. But the, the problem is training. You, you might have been blessed with parents that said, no, you get out of bed when I say you get out of bed, and that's just the way it is. By the way, you'd be doing your kids such a good favor if you would be a hard mother and a hard father with them. You'd be doing, such a fa- doing, doing them such a favor because what happens is you teach them and train them to do things that later on they, they, that they're able to do for themselves. <clears throat> you know, uh, at, at this stage in my life, I more and more appreciate my father. He's dead 20 years, but the imprint he left on my life uh, is it, just amazing. I, and you know, be be tough on your kids. Don't 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 listen to their whining and don't give give in to them. They don't need that. They need they need to actually make it happen uh, and do it right. But you know, if you give in to yourself, your flesh will demand more, and you'll want to give in to yourself. So you'll need you need to be tough on yourself. By the way, this goes for people. This goes for Christians. This goes for societies. Rome, ancient Rome, started off a very frugal, tough, fighting people. By the time Rome was overrun by the barbarians, and it was overrun by the barbarians, they came and they said, said to them, well, we're going to go through your city and we're going to take everything we want. And the Romans said, well, what will you leave us with? And they said, your lives. And you know what? They let them do it because they, they could not field an army to protect themselves. They had, started, they had gone soft and they had started paying barbarians to protect them and the barbarians turned on them. They weren't going to fight again. They weren't going to lose their lives for them. And so what you had is you had a frugal people who conquered the world. And you end up, as they softened and softened and softened, a people who couldn't even hold on to their own stuff. And that's what happens. Now, by the way, if you want to look at our society, we're in the end of our society. We're in the the, the last days because we're not tough. We're not as tough as our grandfathers were. We're not tough. We're pretty soft people. And if you want to excel in life, you've got to be tough on yourself. You've got to push yourself. You've got to do the things you don't want to do, and you've got to push yourself to do them. You can't afford to give in to yourself, right? Um, <clears throat> you, you can do what you need to do. You can do everything God wants you to do with his power if you will. If you will. Isn't it interesting? The satanic mantra is um, <clears throat> do what you will. Do what you feel like doing. That's Satan's way. And you know what? He's not saying that because it makes life better for you. He's saying saying that because he knows it ruins you. And people get ruined in it. Um, So you you need to catch yourself on. You can do it. Let me read you one. Shirley is a woman of 36, pretty and hardworking, but distraught over her cigarette smoking. She feels trapped in a vice with no way out. How many of you have been there? You've been in a place where you felt trapped by a vice with no way out. This girl feels she can't, nothing she can do about it. She can't get out of it, right? Uh, <clears throat> it's no use. I've tried quitting, and I can't. I always start again. Do you believe that when a person tries and fails at something, uh, it then becomes impossible? Shirley thinks for a moment. I guess not. I've to several schools for my teaching job. I was turned down eight times before I finally landed the job I have now. So that destroys your original hypothesis. I failed before, so I will always have to fail. Do you ever think that? I've never been able to do this, so I never will be able to do this. I failed before, so I always have to fail. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a downright lie. If you gave up smoking in your life at some point, you had to try probably several times. Just because you failed before does not mean you have to fail, right? <clears throat> um... <clears throat> My brother quit smoking a few years ago, and he says he doesn't even think about smoking anymore. says he doesn't even miss it. Had he ever tried quitting before? Sure. He tried lots of times. He managed to quit for a few weeks once, and then he quit for a couple of months another time. But then one day he just gave them up, and he hasn't lit another one since. Surely, do you see the point? Your brother tried to quit several times, the same as you have. Then one day he finally did quit for good. Uh, It's absolutely untrue to tell yourself that past failures prove you must continue to fail. Surely clung to her misbelief like a child clings to a teddy bear. If she could convince herself that her habit wasn't her own fault, that she was somehow an innocent victim, she could go on smoking and not have to experience the unpleasantness of saying no to herself. The lie, I can't do something because I haven't been able to do it before, is untrue and defeating. Right? Now, um, do you see what she was doing? She didn't want to face the hardship of giving up smoking. So she was saying, I can't. You know what? Easy way out. It's a lie, and the problem is it's bondage. Now, Jesus died to set us free. He didn't die so that we could be in bondage, so that we could be caught up in another kind of bondage. He died to set us free. Um, It's important if we're going to get self-control that we identify the misbeliefs in what you tell yourself. right? Misbelief, self-talk. Now, you might not... Uh, identify with all of this. You might identify with some of this, but there's a self-talk that goes on inside of you. Right? We all talk to ourselves. Get over the idea that we don't. We all talk to ourselves, uh, and you find you talk to yourself a lot. You talk to yourself a lot more than you talk to anybody else. Right? <clears throat> it just goes on and on in your head all the time. There's a, there's a self-talk going on. right? And wh- wh- Your self-talk is the problem, because Shirley's telling herself, I can't give up smoking. I've tried before, and every time I try, I fail, so therefore I can't give up smoking. Well, you know what? Shirley doesn't try and give up smoking because she can't give up smoking. What's the point of trying something you can't do? That makes sense? So she's convinced herself she couldn't do it, so she says, I'm not going to try. Right? <clears throat> okay. Um, so she's got a self-talk going on that prevents her. And by the way, Bacchus is a counselor, so when she comes in to talk to the counselor, the counselor nails it for her. A good counselor doesn't fix your problems for you. A good counselor reveals the lies you've bought into and shows you what you need to do with them, and then it's still in your hands. He can't fix anything for you. But he reveals the lies you've bought into. Okay, <clears throat> misbelief self-talk. Nobody cares about me anyhow, so why should I even try to be slim, sober, even-temper- even-tempered, a non-smoker, or whatever? Is that a lie? Yeah. God cares about you. And you know what? There's probably a bunch of other people that care about you too. And it's an excuse. It's a, it's a, it's a self-defeating lie uh, when we say nobody cares, cares about me anyway, so therefore I don't have to. Um, <clears throat> number two, I've had such a terrible time of life, or, so I, or I've been so mistreated, I owe myself a little indulgence, so I'll go ahead and smoke, drink, eat, steal, or whatever. Now, a lot of people buy into that one, don't they? I've had such a terrible time, uh, so therefore, my life has been so hard, I need, I owe myself something to make myself feel better, so I'm going to do something that makes me feel better. It's a lie. You don't owe yourself that at all. Why would you owe yourself something that's hurting you? Why would you owe yourself something that's doing you damage? It's a lie. JJ, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, and the next night, and the next night, and the next night. <laughs> That's the start, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you know what JJ's talking about is a lie that he would that he would take. You know he would he would stick it out for a week and a half. He would prove he was a good boy, and then he was entitled to. It. Don't we do that one? Right? Don't you go on your diet on a mountain? Uh, we, we get off drinking and we talk about diets. So don't you go on your diet for a week, and at the end of the week, you're entitled to something nice. So you eat all the calories that you would have eaten in the last week if you'd been eating normally. <clears throat> Isn't that what people do? <clears throat> okay, um, let's move on from that one. You're get in a lot of trouble with that one, couldn't you? Uh, I'm such a worth, worthless wretch, it doesn't really matter one bit if I destroy myself, hurt myself, get addicted to something harmful or whatever. I'm such a worthless wretch. not that a lie you can tell yourself? doesn't matter, who cares? I'm a worthless wretch anyway. Now remember, this is not really what you think about yourself. This is the lie you're buying into to allow you to do what you want to do. You understand the difference there? It's a lie you buy into. We buy into lies. Do you know that that the enemy can't actually deceive you? You say, hang on a minute. Who deceived Eve? The enemy told her a lie. She had to accept the lie. She had to have a reason for accepting it. You have to have a reason for accepting every lie you do. You accept lies because they're convenient. Right? <clears throat> um, you accept the fact that you're a worthless wretch and you act like a wor- worthless wretch because, you know what, it relieves the pressure of having to do the right thing in your life. Um <clears throat> I've worked so hard and done so well, I ought to just steal something, drink, smoke, gorge on food, or whatever. I've worked so hard and done so well. Now, we'll talk about this, of rewarding yourself. There's a right way to reward yourself. But that's not it. That's not the right way to reward yourself. Um, Use determination and energy in arguing against each of these misbeliefs with truth. The Lord is upholding you in his right hand. Don't accept the lies. You see... Here's what we try and do, folks. We try and change our behavior on the outside without changing the lie that has allowed the behavior. And you're not going to. It's not going to work. You can't, you've got to dismantle the lies and then you can change the behavior. But you, you can't change the behavior and still hold on to the lie. I mean, you've got to dismantle the lies. You've got to fight against the lies. You've got to argue with yourself and argue against the lies. <clears throat> In order to have self-control, you must actively counter your misbeliefs with the sword of the spirit, the truth. Um, <clears throat> he goes on then to use our <clears throat> illustration about the ice cream. Right? She, and th- this lady found she could if she had to. Uh, he, he talks about surely if somebody would give her a thousand euros for not smoking for one day. Now that's kind of tempting, wouldn't it? Even Noel, you didn't get tempted with that, wouldn't you? <laughs> if you hadn't given up smoking. I mean, a thousand euros uh, and a thousand euros each day for not smoking. That would be really tempting, you know? Um, and, you, you, you know, listen, it doesn't always work. People sometimes cave in and, and do it anyway. But the, the point is, you can control yourself if the stakes are sufficiently high. My mother-in-law. My mother-in-law smoked for, was it 20 years? I do admire her for this. She smoked for, I think, for 20-odd years. And she went into the hospital with a heart condition. And the doctor said, I'm not doing anything with you unless you give up smoking. So she gave up smoking. She hasn't smoked since. She was what age? Was she in her 60s, 70s? She was in her 70s at the time. And <clears throat> you know, so it must have been 40 years she was smoking, not, not 20. And she gave up because, you know what? It's not worth my life. Right? Now, you know if the stakes are sufficiently high, you can do it. What we, what we do with the lies is we avoid the pain of having to do it. We don't want the pain. You can do it. <clears throat> um, I can't deny myself misbelief. It's, it is so painful, really, to deny yourself something. Uh, is it in your mind somehow in the same category as death and dismemberment? When you feel hungry, thirsty, sleepy, frustrated, nervous, or dissatisfied, do you think you're in the pits of hell? When you are forced to endure discomfort, interruption, or thwarted plans, do you tell yourself the world is coming to an end? Now think about it. Right? You know, you've got something that's been dogging your life, that you get out of your life, that you get out of your life, and then you feel bad. And you need something to make you feel good. And you just can't feel this bad. It's, it's impossible. Nobody should have to feel this bad. And you emphasize how bad you feel. And the lie is, I can't deal with this, therefore I must. And you do something destructive in your life. That's a common one, isn't it? We'll do something destructive in our lives because, because we can't cope with what's going on. Uh, Anthony, lady there, could you could you talk to her and help her? Uh, <clears throat> um, you know what we're doing is we're allowing ourselves justification for doing what we want to do by telling ourselves I I can't be allowed to feel this bad. Let me let me let me let me blow your bubble. Right, you are going to feel bad in this life. You are going to have horrible days in this life. There is absolutely no way of avoiding it. You're going to have to. But you know what? You can have tough days and you don't have to destroy yourself with what you do on a tough day. You can get through a tough day. You know, Typically what somebody does is they take a tough day, use it as a reason to let them do something wrong. And when they've done that something wrong then, that, that something wrong causes them more trouble and makes it tougher for them. Isn't that, isn't that often the way the cycle goes for us? No, you don't have to do that. You don't have to take... uh, You can have a hard day and you'll be okay. A hard day might be a good day for you to draw close to the Lord. You'd be amazed what he'd say to you on that hard day. Well? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> and we, we, the self-sabotage because we wanted to do something to make ourselves feel good in the uh, anyway, right? <clears throat> you can deny yourself. You can say no to yourself. It's not the end of the things. If you have to suffer pain, you can't stand it. You really can. Max, a brilliant graduate student in psychology, thought he was a person <clears throat> who would go to pieces if he had to deny himself something that was really precious to him. Then one day his wife left him and took the children with her. Max took it hard. He managed to stay in school in spite of his suffering, but his life was a wreck. He started drinking to ease the pain, uh, which only increased his feelings of guilt and self-worthlessness. Now, let me, let me just say this to you. I mean, <clears throat> this guy, is studying. what's he studying? Psychology. Right? He's studying psychology. He's studying the things we're talking about. He's studying the way the brain works and what happens in the brain, and so on, and the way uh, people live. He's studying those things, and yet he falls apart himself. Do you realize all the head knowledge in the world won't fix you unless you deal with what's in your heart. You know, it, it won't sort it out for you. Um, <clears throat> it took a lot of effort on Max's part to finally say to himself, "Okay, so my family is gone. I'm alone, but I don't have to be lonely. I don't have to drink to ease the pain either." I can stand pain, it won't kill me. Don't a lot of us think, oh man, that would just kill me. I I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't live with that. We can stand incredible pain. More pain than any of us are probably ever going to face. There are people suffering in our world today, things that are just mind-blowing to us. Can you imagine having your home blown up by bombs. Looking at something on the news, uh, <clears throat> um, lady, early 20s, all her family had gotten killed. She was on her own. Could, could, you, could you survive that? Yeah. Others have, and so could you. Would it be hard? Yeah. Would it be a dark road? Yeah, but you could survive it. You could come through the other end of it. Now. And if you say, no, I couldn't, You've bought a lie. You've bought into a lie. And if it ever happens to you, you're going to have to deal with the lie then. Better for you to deal with the lie now. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Everything the Lord allows into my life, I can handle through him. There's nothing that I can't handle on that level. I can handle whatever he brings into my life, and I got—I got—I got to buy into it. You know, that's empowering. Now, look—does that mean that you know, when, when 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 dreadful things happen in your life, you're going to be happy about it? No, it doesn't. Does it mean that you you're going—you might not suffer depression, that you might not go down with? No, it doesn't. It means you, you you may, but you know what? You can go through it, and you can come through the other end. We are made incredibly resilient. We can survive. Look, at what the, look what the early church went through. We, we can be incredibly resilient, right? <clears throat> okay. Um, <clears throat> Max did three dramatically life-changing things. First of all, he realized he was self-destructing with his misbelief that his life and happiness depended upon another person. Happiness depends upon our relationship with Jesus. No other person should be the controlling forces in our lives. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Your happiness cannot depend upon another person. Right? Let's put it this way: even if that person was super saint, who never got it wrong, which is impossible. You know what? One day they will die. You can't put that much stock in another human being. It's not possible. God never intended it to be that way. He that trusts in the armor of the flesh is a fool. You can't trust. Listen, you can be blessed in your life by other people, but other people cannot sustain you. Other people cannot make your life work for you. You know, and got If you buy into the idea that your happiness is dependent upon another person, you've automatically bought into bondage. I could not be happy if I lost this person. People often say it, but what you've done is you've bought into bondage. Now, would it be hard if you lost that person? Yes, we're not saying, you know, you could sail through it like nutty. You know, no, it will be hard. It will be tough. But your happiness does not depend upon another person, right? <clears throat> Secondly, he argued, that his misbelie- he argued against his misbeliefs. He spoke truth to himself. I love my wife and still do, but Jesus is the Lord of my life. He argued with himself. He didn't let his thinking run. That's where our real failure is. Our failure is when we let our thinking run, when we let ourselves think thoughts that are destructive and we don't capture them and bring them into captivity. Number three, he denied himself the temptation to wallow in self-pity and loneliness by refusing to continue drinking to ease his pain. I can stand pain. I do not have to medicate myself to take away the pain. People buy into that lie, don't they? I can't stand it. If that happened, I couldn't stand it. I would just hit the bottle. I would just kill myself. I would just do... It. No, no. Buying into a lie. You're buying into... No, no, you don't have to do those things. Listen, the Bible says this. The Bible says that God will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able. What does that mean? If it comes your way, God has examined it, weighed it against you, and said, he's able. She's able. He wouldn't let it happen if you weren't able. Now listen, you may not know you're able, but God reckons you are. And he says, and much better for you to get on God's wavelength and say, okay, if he says I'm able, then I'm able then to start saying, oh, I can't do it, I've, I'm falling apart. No, you don't need to fall apart. You don't need to come unglued. You don't need to do something to make yourself feel better. You need to believe in his power, and I can. I can. <clears throat> okay, um, one more, and then we'll, we'll, we'll stop. The, <clears throat> the I need misbelief, right? <clears throat> Uh, We get two things confused, I need and I want. The word need implies that you cannot exist without the thing so described. A a, a car needs oil in the crankcase. What happens if you don't have oil in the crankcase? crankcase? What happens if your car runs out of oil, ladies? It goes for a very short time, and then it goes no more. It's over, it's history, it's finished. That little red oil light when it comes on, stop. Okay, because... Your car is going to be history if there's no oil uh, in the crankcase, right? Cars need oil in the crankcase. Um, um, Plant life needs water. If you don't water your plants, they'll die. They'll just shrivel up and they'll die. Uh, Human beings need oxygen, right? Uh, But when you tell yourself you need a glass of wine or a pair of blue shoes, you're not talking about need, you're talking about want distinguish between them, right? A lot of things we say we need when what we really mean is I want them. I don't have to have them, and if I don't have them, I could live quite happily without them. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of blessings God gives you in your life that are things you want. He's, he's very good. He's very generous with us. He throws uh, lots of things in that we don't need. But you know what? They're not needs. They don't become needs because I have them today. He might take them all away again. That would be perfectly fine. I have certain needs. Right? He, will meet my, he promises to meet my needs. I don't have to worry about my needs. He promises to meet them. Right? But he doesn't promise to meet my wants or to sustain my wants at the level I've, I've developed them to. <clears throat> and we get we, we, we get in a snarl about that, right? <clears throat> if you tell yourself you need something or you can't stand something or you must have something... Uh, Try to stop yourself and step back for a bit of observation. Listen to those words you are telling yourself, right? Uh, I can't stand living in this house another moment. That's a lie. Because you probably will. You can. But when you say, I can't stand living in this house for another moment, what happens? You stop trying to help the problem. What happens when somebody says, I can't stand living in this marriage for another moment. I just can't stand it. They stop trying to fix the marriage now and they've resigned themselves to the, to the place where, where, where it's going. Do you know that Jesus said the reason for divorce is one, the hardness of your hearts. Do you know that when people harden their hearts, that's what causes divorce. Somebody has to harden their heart. And you know what, well, listen, when somebody hardens their heart, sometimes there's nothing you can do about it. Sometimes there's no way, nothing you can do about it. But when somebody hardens their heart, but that's the problem. And and the only way to fix it is for somebody to soften their heart again. Um, I absolutely must have people around me who care about me. Not true. No, it's nice. You you know you like it. It's important to you, but you don't have to have it. It's not a need uh, in that sense. Um, I can't stand loneliness. Yes, you can. You have to. There are times in life when it's lonely. There's nothing you can do about it. Is that a case? And you see, <coughs> the, the, the problem for us in these areas is that we tell ourselves lies. And the lies become reality, and they become, we become defeated by our own lies. And, and and you know you you can't say well okay well I can't I can't stand living with some people who love me and care about me but I'm going to try. It's not going to work. You got to say no no no. I want people to like me and care about me. That's really important to me. But you know what? I can still survive even if I don't have that. And by God's grace, I will. <clears throat> Do you understand? It's you got to get rid of the lie that tells you you can't unless you have something you don't need and you got to fight that lie down and you got to take on board truth all right <laughs> okay um if you got questions keep them for next week right <clears throat> i'm on I, i'm on a short leash tonight all right uh let's pray right. father we thank you for this evening thank you for your people now Lord you bless truth to us lord uh, may it not be that we let Uh, lies in that destroy our peace and destroy our joy and destroy our effectiveness and our uh, ability to function for you. Lord, would you bless us, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen.